I know we're all pretty small in the big scheme of things. And I suppose the most you can hope for is to make some kind of difference. But what kind of difference have I made? What in the world is better because of me? TGIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. TGIF. I'm Gary Mans. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together we are Mance and Mitchell. 19 years and going, not all of them on the air, but most of them. That's true. And we are working today once again with our Friday fave. He is bad boy Benny Mathers at the board. Senor, how are you doing today? Doing very well. Nice job at the 19-year mark. Kudos to yeah. him. It's always yeah, a pleasure. That was it was Wednesday, and because of the, we are sheltering in place, we had a nice dinner brought in, nice dinner delivered. We toasted ourselves with a couple of cocktails. And a few slices of key, key lime pie. Ooh, is that the latest and greatest? Uh, yes, well, that's, that's that, the Florida that's, way to say ah, yeah. dessert. Yeah, Florida dessert, key lime pie. And you know, it's real key lime pie when it's not green. Because really? If you are a Floridian, you know that once you squeeze those key limes, they are not green. They, It's yellow. And when you get green key lime pie, it's all a bunch of food coloring. Hmm. So we had our yellowish colored key <laughs> lime pie, and it was absolutely delicious with whipped cream. Good times and good times every Friday when we join you. Thanks for being with us. Benny, we've got ourselves a slow news day, so I'm not sure what we'll be talking about here. I assume you're joking, of course. I am. <laughs> okay. I could sense a little, wasn't quite sure if you just woke up. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Oh, there it is. Okay. I just think. And with proper concern. Oh, I mean, of course, yeah. You know, the president and the first lady have tested positive for COVID. There is such a wide range of the body's responses, the symptoms, the recovery curve. Some people don't make it. That's only to state the obvious. Yeah. Over two, uh, closing in on 210,000 deaths from COVID-19, and yet the vast majority do recover in some form or fashion and to some degree in Suzanne's family. There are people, I think four of them, in one extended family yes. that uh, all got it. they got yeah. it and they all got over it, thank goodness. But it was pretty difficult. The word from the field out in Puget Sound was that it's tough stuff. And I heard it reported that some of those symptoms um, continue months afterwards as well. So very, very tough is right. So we will hope for the best and put it all in the grand scheme of things. Today, fortuitously, we have someone who is an artist. He is an artist on canvas. He is an artist with his life. And he has made an art out of manifesting his and others' higher good. He is going to have a legacy beyond the paintings in the galleries where they have a place of honor. He also has a book that will live on. It is called Manifesting One, Two, Three, and You Don't Need Number Three. Of course, I'm talking about Ken Elliott, who has a bit of mad props that Suzanne will deliver right now. Ken Elliott is an author and artist living in Castle Rock, Colorado. Gary and I know that. We actually met him in person. He has experienced and collected astonishing stories for over 25 years in a unique and convincing way. 
Ken learned how thought works, building objects and concepts in the unseen field around each of us. Ken is an accomplished speaker, passing this empowering information on to individuals and groups. He can be found at manifesting123.com. And we welcome for the seventh time to the show, Ken Elliott. Good to have you back, sir. Thank you. Thank you. My dad is, sir. You can call me Ken. All right. All right, Ken. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Ken, always a pleasure. There's one kind of show that you plan, and then there's the show that you actually do, because events often overtake us, and that's never truer than in 2020. How are you holding up this year, by the way? Hasn't it been a bizarre trip? I bought suspenders to go with my belt. So my pants will definitely not fall down. Um, that's how I'm doing. <laughs> um, well, I I just told somebody yesterday. <clears throat> I've uh, always had a very <clears throat> excuse me. I've always had a very fortunate life. I never had any sort of uh, problems or abuse as a kid. Uh, grew up in a happy family. I didn't know that people have family problems until I got into college. Or, or late in high school, and I would hear some of these stories. But, you know, everybody came hung out at my house. It was all nice, all that kind of thing. Um, and and even now, um, well, I'd say up until this year, we have our ups and downs. But I always felt like a canary in a coal mine. If 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 uh, things were really happening bad for me, then wow, there must be something going on in, in the in the cave, so to speak. But. Uh, Everyone I know has been hit with something this year, including me. And it's okay. I, I like what a, a famous artist said, Richard Devenport, and I'm paraphrasing him. As artists, we don't, um, you know, those of us that are really adept and facile and, and, and get the game about art, we don't categorize things as mistakes. And in businesses, I used to love to subscribe to Forbes magazine only to hear about the problems that businesses have, so-called mistakes they would make, and they learn from those mistakes and become better companies. So as a painter, uh, Richard Diebenkorn said that those mistakes are the things that take us from one position to another. And with that view, with that bias, I see things in my life, other people's lives, in the country, in the world, as we're moving from one position to another. Is that a good position? Well, it's up to us. Is that a bad position? That's up to us. But there are things in motion and it creates opportunities, very big opportunities. And there are larger things at stake. So the, the responsibilities go up. I'm reminded of, I was a hospice volunteer for 14 years. And I would have someone in a wheelchair and we're approaching the front door of a building, of a doctor's office. And somebody would come from the parking lot, or somebody would come, you know, from from the other alongside the building with inside of us, and they come over very quickly to catch that door, and they would hit the elevator button, this and that. We we were always coming to an entry, and somebody would be be there for us to help us gain entry. I never had to do that, rarely, and the patients would observe that and say, "What's going on?" And I said, "Because you're extraordinarily special." They don't know you're a hospice patient, but this is this is a, a very special time of your life, and there are people here that come forward to help you. Uh, and so I feel that's kind of going on right now. So the things that we say are very important. 
the things that we do are very important. I feel they're actually magnified somewhat. And as it was in the news today, um, uh, the president, who has been an advocate for what we'll just call being casual about masks and this and that, has now become a victim of the violence and his wife and other people surrounding him and other people in the house where he lives. Um, people at rallies, this and that. There's been a little bit of that, not big reports on that. But nonetheless, it's, it's a call for us to just be attentive that these are, I would offer to be very important times and to watch what we say and what we do. And to be the good example, not only for ourselves, but for other people, we're more and more responsible to our brothers and sisters. Ken, you've brought up two things that I'm, I've been thinking about when you started talking about um, failure. It You exactly went to one of the quotes that I wanted to bring out from your book today. Okay. And it's a quote from 110, page 110. You said, we have all failed hundreds of times in our lives, but we have muddled through somehow. Many of the greatest lessons in life come through failure and pain. When events don't go the way we plan or want, we learn something valuable. Don't be afraid to create the future you want. I'm not trying to caution you that bad things will happen. I'm submitting that you may arrive via an, an unexpected but valuable route. And that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. And you kind of jumped right into that, mm-hmm. talking about you know how things come about maybe in an unexpected way. And uh, Gary's often talked about making progress through the pain door rather than, um, you know, through the nice golden arches entryway. (laughs) (laughs) And I still haunt the golden arches, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I I just had a Pavlov dog reflex on that one. We have to to interrupt this program so I can make a run. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we... uh, but about that quote, yeah, that, that, about that struck yeah. you. Right, that struck me because, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we think about as failures, but are they failures or are we learning how to do something differently? And so yeah. this is a, a time when we are really learning to do things differently. We, we were trying to figure out how we were going to shelter in place. Oh, my gosh, we just can't possibly do that. And, you know, we've learned how to grocery. Yeah, Gary, I know. And, uh, you know, we've learned how to grocery shop at at intervals, great intervals. It used to be that we would go to the grocery store at the drop of a hat, you know. Oh, well, we need this or that, you know, one item. And and Mm -hmm. I said, we're not going to do this one item grocery shopping anymore. We don't go to the grocery store for one item. And so, you know, we're good about making a list. We get there once every week, two weeks, three weeks sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so we, we are living differently. Well, one of the things that occurred was that I filled the gas tank in March, and I didn't fill the gas tank again till July. I was just going to say, yeah. I, I mean, if, you don't, if you're not running out to the store every day or finding excuses to, you know, that you have to go somewhere, do something that you don't really have to do, there are interesting repercussions. And so, you know, as we have talked about before on our show, you know, one of the things that is, is really benefiting is uh, nature and the climate. 
that, yeah. you know, other than all these wildfires, you know, for a period of time, the air was cleaner, water mm -hmm. was cleaner, mm -hmm. you know, and we weren't doing so much polluting. Um, mm -hmm. So doing things differently, this is a time for us to figure out how to do things differently. Is it a failure? I don't know. It's not what we want. But, you know, maybe it's just a way to teach us how to do things a little a little better. Well, not what we want in a failure. Um, it would be a failure if we don't learn. It would be a failure if we purposely don't try to learn. You can't learn everything. But if we don't even try, uh, I, I would consider that a failure. Um, and the things that we want, let's consider that the Earth is a utopia. It, it, it is designed to be a utopia. We can make it a utopia. Um, uh, my, my gut on that is that it's not designed to be a utopia. But uh, there's a mind-boggling concept. But um, So it's a utopia. Today, today it was announced that it's a utopia. Everybody got on board. We all signed the document. We all got a... Uh, you know, uh, a certificate, and, and off we go, and there's no more money, and people work because they like it, they produce. Uh, there's just no cost to anything, or however, however that utopia works for you. We don't have these concerns. Everybody gets on all of that. Um, and when you, when you graph that thing, it is a continuous line without any ups and downs, and humans being what they are, we may not be designed to be utopian either. So could we maintain uh, perfection in a perfect environment? For myself, I just might get really lazy and just start chain smoking and not show up anymore. Or, uh, I don't know, pick up some kind of sloth-like habits. I, I don't know what would happen. But it's the ups and downs. It's those, those painful things. Uh, the unexpected things that, that create growth, and that's how we get better. Um, I, I think we grow through a, through a graph that is continually moving upward, but it has a lot of ups and downs on it. But if it's just a straight arrow upward graph, I don't know what we would really learn other than life just gets better and better. Um, it, 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 it's, I, I can't grasp the concept of, of that kind of perfection combined with uh, us learning to be uh, better as people and improving our uh, at, at a soul level. You know, I don't think we came here to have a problem-free life. As you said, you don't think that that was, you know, part of the whole construct. And I have a tendency to agree with you. We come down here and we are challenged. And, and how we come out of that challenge is partly what will determine our our happiness or our unhappiness because mm -hmm. we weren't guaranteed a happy life to come here we're just guaranteed a life you mm -hmm. know what it is that we do with it and how we perceive it it can be all problems all challenges all the time terrible or you know we can go ahead and grow from these various experiences so that we do create a little bit of happiness but it's not really it, i don't think it's meant to be like that i think we we are in order to uh, grow our own souls i think we are presented with problem after problem to deal with and how do we deal with it yeah 
there's a wonderful phrase out there, um, and, and I won't say it just yet, but we would want that our best be done. We would want the best things for us. That's, that's, our, that's our wish. That's right. the best for us. From a different standpoint, which you call a religious or a moral or a spiritual standpoint, you would add highest, good be done. Now, that's a difficult path sometimes. Our best and highest good be done is, is uh, to my mind, an ultimate goal, an ultimate goal. Sometimes the best thing is, is very hurtful, very painful. We, uh, uh, the greatest lessons are learned through pain, I would offer. Those are the ones we really, really remember. And, uh, and those are the ones we're less likely to pass on if we're paying attention. Hopefully we won't pass on those things. If someone hurts us, you wouldn't want to pass it on to someone else. Um, so best and highest good is, is one of those great things you can wish for someone. Uh, if you're so inclined, God's grace, that, that, that covers a lot of bases, too. Um, so we, uh, here we are in this, this world full of ups and downs, full of different motives. We're in a sea of other people's intentions. And uh, as I you know, illustrated the book, it's, it's like we're on a bus. And, and and Gary's driving the bus, and we're all going to go uh, to uh, some. We're going to go to the, we're going to go to the McDonald's. Everybody knows what they want. We're all on this bus, and and we get up on the interstate. We're going seventy miles an hour, and and Gary just doesn't care anymore about what he wants or where he's going. He just takes his hands off the wheel. We all start screaming bloody murder. But for Gary, uh, it's okay. Just uh, he's just not doesn't care. So we're going to see if other people's intentions on a three-lane interstate, and we're going to get run right off the road. Now, Gary's a very good driver. Out there, yeah. <laughs> so He's I a very good his, driver, yeah. Yeah, I should <laughs> use his name like that. But we, we are in a sea of other people's intentions, and we do have the power to manifest our own route. We can put our hands on the wheel and go where we want to go. Will there be traffic? Yeah. Will there be construction? Yes. Did you get side spots? Oh, yeah. Did somebody yell at you through the window? Yes. Can somebody say nice things? Uh, can you hear wonderful music on the radio? All the above. Good things, so-called bad things, will happen on the way to the destination. But it's up to us to point ourselves where we want to go. And when we get off the exit, hopefully we're not tumbling over a cliff in this bus. You make me sound like that school bus driver on The Simpsons. <laughs> Hold on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's that picture. Yes. Yeah. Uh oh. When we when we get off the path, when we get off the road, in, in many times in life, let's face it, if we're going to extend the metaphor, do we not at times prefer the byways because there's some bright, shiny object there that distracts us and lures us away from the more humdrum methodical path that we were on for what we thought was our best and highest good, but that way isn't always the sexy way, the appealing way on the straight and narrow. Right, right, right. Maybe not the quickest route. Um, and, and you're signing up for more interesting things along the way when you do that. It's uh, the path of the different distant drummer, I mean the different drummer. Yeah, yeah. And you know, think about the Simpsons. I have a friend who, and I'll put these shows together, works for Saturday Night Live, the sound man. And I remember asking him, why do you think that show's been on the air for so long? As if I know the answer, really. You know, 20-plus years. And, um, and 
you know, you've had some really rotter years and some great years, and it's still successful. And she and didn't have a clear answer. And I said, well, I'll, I'll just pose this, this uh, idea that with the Simpsons and with something like Saturday Night Live, that it was very long-lived, their morality tale. There are these people in there that are horrible examples, that bus driver and, and the guy that owns a nuclear plant. And, you know, these people in Saturday Night Live, that, oh, my gosh. I'm glad I don't act like that. Oh, my God, I've said something like that. I'm never going to do that again. They just made a big laugh out of this thing I keep doing. They they teach us things, and it, it is popular. It, it, it makes us grimace, but it makes us laugh. And and there is something popular about being given morality tales with a laugh involved, with, with a spoonful of humor. And, and I enjoy watching those shows, and I kind of see them that, not all the time. But it makes me sound too serious. But uh, it, it's sometimes easier to see a lesson um, when it's pointed out to you in a humorous way. It, it's very hard to see the lesson in people that are teachers. Our president's a great teacher. It doesn't matter what side you're on, he's a great teacher. Um, so we, we learn from uh, public figures and from people who come into our lives that do wonderful things or horrible things to us. And we get to decide how we want to go forward. So they're, they're valuable. You know, I, I really agree with you, Ken. And, and I had another movie that, that popped into my head. And that was one of my favorites is Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Oh, yes. Yes. And, and so when you're talking about learning a lesson, how many, how many years did he have to learn his lesson <laughs> repeating <laughs> the same day over and over again? Yeah. And eventually he got it. Yeah. He got it. It wasn't yeah. about him. Yeah. And yeah. And so when he became this just unbelievably loving, giving person, you know, then the the entire life changed. And oh, uh, and so yeah. And so I agree, you know, it's nice to be able to laugh while you're getting your your lessons in life and seeing other people struggle with that. Yeah, it's okay to laugh at yourself. Um <coughs> Is my life perfect? No. Will it ever be? No. Am I grateful? Oh, my God, I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm perfectly grateful. Can I be perfectly grateful? I guess you can't be perfect that either, but I'm very, very grateful. Um, and, and, and that is a big part of, of manifesting when you, uh, Judy Goodman, who's at the core of this book, at judygoodman.com, she said it in a beautiful way, before your feet hit the ground, Say seven grateful things every day. And at bed at night, say seven grateful things. And be sure and be grateful for things that happened in your past. This is a woman who sees energies in and around people continually. And if people are in a grateful place, it clears the cobwebs and it allows these good things to come to you. So gratitude is is a very important element in manifesting things. And there are two great powers in the universe. It's love or fear. And this book is manifesting one, two, three. And just in a nutshell, you, you can go up and see it, listen to other interviews, get the book, this and that. There's one other topic, but I, I'd be remiss if I just didn't point this out quickly. The number one of manifesting is that your thoughts actually create form. Now, this is a secret to the universe. I wish I had a uh, white lab coat. And a PhD in this, where you would take this more seriously, but I have a number of friends who can see this happen in real time. When you think a thing, it starts to make 
what looks like a vapor in the non-physical realm near you. And if you repeat it, that vapor takes on more and more form. If you put love, gratitude, or fear, worry, behind that thought, it will create it exponentially, exponentially more efficiently and quicker. Those two powers, love or fear, are a magnifier. So if you're repeating something and you're consistently putting one of those two energies behind it, love or fear, it will create it more efficiently. And that thing will eventually become more 3D. That minivan that's red with those chrome wheels and the whatever uh, will get more and more physical looking on the non-physical realm. And for people who could see that, when that thing gets fully 3D and full formed in the spirit realm, it will come over to the physical realm. You may not have the money for it. It might be a gift. You know, one person got hail damage, ruined her her car, and she needed a new used car. Well, she got a new used car. It was like two or three generations beyond the one that got completely cremated by uh, hail. Cremated? <laughs> well, it didn't burn. But um, so things come about in strange ways. It's not always M-O-N-E-Y that makes the difference. The number two of manifesting one, two, three is is fear addressed all by itself. How do you stop worry? Well, you can't. A lot of people re- talk about this, and, and I couldn't do the book until I got an answer. It was just given to me. It was just a drop-in paragraph. And the idea was to take action on your fear. So if you are having a business problem, um, then the best thing you can do is... is Try to do something like just worry about this lack in your business problem, which is usually financial. And so you call somebody else in the business, a mentor, number one. Number two, uh, if you have some debts, you call the people you have debt to so you can get those extended. Number three, you try to come up with another business idea that works with what you already have or a completely new concept. So you have a list of things that you actively try to do every day. You've got phone calls to make. You have lists to make. So you're still going to worry about it, but you're taking action on those worries. And at the end of the day, when your head hits the pillow and that worry comes back in, you can just tell yourself to shut up. You've done everything you can do, and you can diminish that worry to some or a very large degree because you're actively working on this problem, but not just helplessly repeating that thought over and over and putting fear behind it because it will produce exactly the thing you don't want. And then number three, manifesting one, two, three, and you don't need number three, is because we're all very powerful spiritual beings, and we have been empowered with this great gift that by using our thoughts, we can create form. And by the way, the bonus to that is we can create form in the future. So I recommend having a movie, and in your movie, you're actively walking around or imagining your future as you want it. And those things you do not want in your movie are not, things you don't want in your future, they are not in that movie. And you can actually create the future. And that is an unbelievable gift from wherever it comes from, that it it is actively in place with you all the time. And And that is, in a nutshell, the book. And now you you're fully empowered to go out there and go get them. 
we want to crack open that nut of a book and it's it's one rich with wisdom and my favorite kind practical wisdom let's go ahead and take our one break of the hour our guest is ken elliott he is among other things the author of a wonderful book called manifesting one two three and you don't need number three Let's get into the metaphysical weeds of this and see if we can't make it still more practical for people who want to find a way forward intelligently, creatively, and successfully. We'll accomplish that, no doubt, on the other side of this short break. We are Manson Mitchell, and you are tuned in to Seattle's home of Alternative Talk, AM 1150. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Right now, Doctors Without Borders medical teams are operating in some of the most remote and dangerous corners of the world. When front yards become front lines, when disaster erupts, when disease rages, when communities collapse under crisis, at the crossroads of conflict and epidemic, where there are no hospitals, that's where we operate. We go where conditions are the worst because that's where we're needed most. In nearly 70 countries, we're saving lives threatened by violence, disease, malnutrition, and catastrophic events. Donors are vital to our mission. Your response is critical to our response in places where a few others will go. That's where we operate. Learn more at doctorswithoutborders.org. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Ken Elliott with the ABCs of manifesting one, two, three, and you don't need the three, get what you desire in two steps. On Saturday, Deidre Combs talks about conflict resolution and the people who are making positive change without making a lot of noise. Bringing you mastery and mystery one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest, Ken Elliott, this hour. This is the seventh time we've had Ken Elliott on over the past few years. We met him in 2016 on air, and it's been uh, 
it's been interesting talking about this whole manifesting idea. If people want to connect with you online, Ken, uh, what is your website and where can they get the book and all that good stuff? The website is www.manifesting123.com. And you can go to the store and order the book as a print-on-demand from Amazon. It's also an audio file you can download, and you can also download the written book digitally. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, Thank you. Oh, and by the way, there's well over 200 stories from people that have read the book that have uh, written in, and I put it out in a bi-monthly newsletter. So sign up for that newsletter, and that is a rich trove of hopeful stories and information from all of those readers, and you can get on your computer and, and, and just plow through those things. But the titles pretty much tell you what they're about, or you can, or at least on your computer, you can keyword search it. So it's a lot of fun. Ken, in getting back into your book, I'm reminded of a quote, and I won't get it precise, but I want to communicate the meaning of it. It might have deeper meaning for you being an artist. You're a master of the canvas, but there was a master back in the Renaissance, I guess it was, and that would be Michelangelo. And, um, well, he was asked about how he came up with, with David. <laughs> I worked really hard, and I was pretty precise with my tools. Michelangelo was asked how he could arrive at this surpassing work of genius. And what he said, and I, again, I may be paraphrasing, but what Michelangelo told his inquirer was, it isn't so much that I created David. I created it by chipping away all that was not David to reveal <laughs> David. It wasn't a matter of building it from the ground up, but taking this marvelous piece of stone and chipping away all that was not the ultimate creation. And I thought, what an interesting angle. I never looked at it, that or anything else in life, in quite that way, where you succeed with something, manifesting something by chipping away all that is not that. Yeah. You know, I've never heard that quote. And, and I thought, well, I know where he's going to go on this. And then I get to tell the old elephant joke. How do you make a statue of an elephant? You get a big block of marble and you cut away everything that's not an elephant. Well, I realized that it, it had a basis with uh, someone as important as that. Um, well, in your life, and this is going back to the idea of manifesting and your thoughts taking form and that you can create the future, I sit quietly and and run through these different things on my manifesting list. Most of these take place in the future. I'm not actively trying to visualize that I'm in the future. I'm simply in my chair in the future at the end of the day, say, and I'm observing all these wonderful things in my future that I'm so grateful for. And what I'm really doing is I'm chipping away all the things I don't want in my future. You're, you're, you're spot on with that. I never thought of it that way. But, uh, yes, there, there was someone who uh, had a horrible marriage. And it's in the book, uh, Horrible Her. And she was manifesting these future scenes of her with her family. It might have been a Thanksgiving. It might have been a little vacation. We were sitting out in the backyard. Different scenes of her with her, her, you know, her family. And the husband was not in any of those scenes with the husband. And uh, he one day asked her for a divorce, just out of the blue. 
And it kind of scared her. It was kind of like she was doing a movie script, and she did she kill off the main character? I mean, did she do that? Uh, well, perhaps she did. Uh, he was not in her future, and he proposed a solution that matched uh, these things that she was manifesting. He was not in any of those things. So she was pulling out the things she'd want, not want in her future. When I do those, uh, I do mentoring for people. And we, we have this, you can grow up on the web and just sign up for that. And one of the important things is to know what it is you desire and also what are the things you don't want in your life anymore? What, what are the things you want to change or you don't want in your life? Uh, it, it's good to know both. And now you can start to put together a script where you're manifesting the things that uh, really are important to you. Before we took the break, you had mentioned a movie. I thought that you were uh, very clear about uh, manifesting one, two, three, how thoughts create form, and you want to take action on fear. But I wanted to have you talk a little bit more about the movie because we all have little movies in our heads, whether we're getting up in the morning, going to bed at night, or sometime during the day. We have thoughts that are creating images, feelings, um, things that are happening in our heads. But mm-hmm. when you talk about a movie, you're talking about something very specific as mm-hmm. part of the manifesting process. And well, so I wanted you to expand a little bit on that and let our listeners know what you're talking about with the movie. Okay. So I just said that a lot of what I manifest is a, I'm in a chair in my future, making an observation from my future of these things that have come to pass that I'm so grateful for. If I want to specify that I uh, travel to Spain, I would have a movie. And in that movie, I'm in my future, and I'm in Spain, and I'm on a, in a cafe overlooking a body of water, and I can breathe in that air, and I can hear the uh, music coming from the cafe or down the street. You know, all these things about Spain will be in that movie. And I clearly see that, and I'll repeat that clearly. It's in my head. It's a fantasy. But I run it, I run it, I run it. It doesn't matter if I believe it or not. My thoughts will build it anyway. It doesn't matter if you believe in gravity or not. Your thoughts will, just like a natural law, they will make whatever you think. And if you repeat it, it will start to take form. If you stop thinking about it, it will fall apart. And I've had uh, Judy Goodman, who could see those things, call me and say, that business plan you're building is going back to smoke. You still want it? Said, no, I don't want it. Don't want it. I'm going to let it go. She said, it was almost built. No, don't want it. Said, okay, going back to smoke, buddy. So she could see it built and then unbuilt. So in the movie, uh, if it's that partner, if it's that home, if it's that... Uh, I like to say career over job. It's in your movie, these very positive things are happening that suit you. These are the things you desire. And uh, and after every movie, you express gratitude. You may feel it. Now, if you do this every day, every day, every day, you're not going to have that sort of emotion attached to it over and over and over. But express gratitude for, for what you just had in your movie anyway. Yes, I was in Spain. Oh, I so enjoyed This is such a great moment. I just love being in Spain. What a great vacation. I'm so grateful to be here in Spain. So this movie is in your future. And so 
some are combinations of movies, some are observations from your easy chair. But uh, nonetheless, it is always thought that are building, you're doing it repetitively, and you add gratitude. And be aware of what you say that is negative, that goes against that. Well, I, I, I don't believe that. Uh, that can't really happen. I've never had a break like that. I don't deserve anything like that. Don't say those things, please. Please don't say those things, because your words have power, too. Uh, words are thoughts. Words are thoughts. And when you express something in the physical, it's going to have a little more emotion behind it. I don't really deserve that. Well, there's an emotion behind that. It's not imagining. You actually said it and you felt it. So be very, very aware of those negative things you said or negative things that you send to other people. Uh, those things will boomerang on you. You might say something negative to someone and try to be hurtful, and it could hurt them. It will also hurt you. Those things just happen. And uh, and for uh, I would offer for uh, people that are very aware, it will come to them very quickly. It will come right back to them pretty quick. <laughs> if you're unaware, you might get a pass. Uh, I started to say adept souls. Let's just say people that are very, very aware. Um, the more aware you are, the more finely tuned you are, uh, the more those negative things you do will come back to get you because you're going to polish up as you go. Uh, we're all rough gems. And these painful things that happen to us, these things that are brought to us, that hurt us, uh, these lessons that we do because of the pain we inflict on others or the so-called mistakes we made, all these things that we're paying attention will polish us up. We'll become better people for that. If, if we're aware, it's as a goal of ours. Go ahead, Suzanne. Um, I was uh, I had a uh, a favorite quote that uh, that I for 2020, and it's not anybody who is new in 2020. This this man goes back to the days of Freud. Jean Martin Charcot got into an argument with Freud and bested Sigmund Freud in an argument when his final line, his coup de grace line was, theory is good, but it doesn't prevent things from happening. <laughs> yeah. I, I just love that quote. And ever since I read it this year, I, I've just been bringing it up to myself over and over again because we see where people have theories about how things will work. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't prevent things from occurring just because you have a theory that it's going to be otherwise. Like, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't have to wear a mask and I won't get COVID. Well, that's that's a nice theory, but it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. No. And you can and engineer so, a, a great bridge and then the earthquake happens. And by and, your best engineer. Sorry. Yeah. What what I like, how I why I'm thinking about it with you, Ken, is that when you talk about manifesting and, you know, thoughts create form, take action on your fear. You have, you could call it a theory. However, you've actually done the work and you have manifested things. Absolutely. You have brought thoughts into form and, and you have these things that you talk about in your book that it, you get it out of the theory and into the pragmatic 3D realm. 
And that's why Gary and I like this so much. And when you're saying, you know, run your movie, uh, be in your movie, talk about your future, watch your words, things mm-hmm. like that. These are all good things to say. But if you actually did them, yeah. you would produce the same kinds of things that you have produced by the advice that you give in the book about, you know, if, if you've got fear going on, then all of a sudden your thoughts are not becoming so physical. They're just kind of getting murky and the universe will give you murky. If it says yes to everything, Mm -hmm. when you feel love and gratitude, it doesn't mean you have, you know, I tried praying once and it didn't work. (laughs) You know, somebody said that I laughed, (laughs) you know, you have to do it over and over and over, not to convince God of anything, but yeah. to convince yourself and yeah. you convinced yourself. And that's what you wrote about. You convinced yourself that thoughts create form and you, you showed exactly how you did it so that it goes out of the realm of theory and goes into manifestation. And, yeah. and, and so that's why I was thinking about that quote. Theory is good, but it doesn't prevent things from happening. Right. You know, in this interview now, that we're, we're approaching the 45-minute mark or something, the, the essence of, of that book, I, I put out there in, in another five minutes, and we've played around with that a little bit. This is a results-driven book. Most of what's in this book talks about cause and effect, and not just mine. It's full of other people's stories. Uh, do, I, do I believe in manifesting? Yeah. Yeah. Do I really, really, really believe in manifesting? No, because I can't see it. I, I just have the result. Uh, you know, if, if I go over the light switch and get the light, I know that it's hardwired to electric plant, and I'm going to get light. I don't petition the light switch to come on. I just go over there and hit it. Well, with the manifesting, it's been hardwired enough in my experience. I just do it. I can't see the connection, but I get enough results. Now, what happens? When I'm manifesting things, when other people are manifesting things, in my own life, um, the perfect house ended up not being the perfect house. I'm in another house now. It benefits me more financially, and it has aspects of the first house, the other houses I've been in, that I like very much. So it's interesting that in a, a slightly smaller scale, I have a more efficient, uh, more, uh, more better house. I, w- I would have never planned this stuff. Because it looked like a step down. I just wouldn't have planned that. Um, relationships. Everybody gets in relationships. They come out of relationships. Some last, some don't. It gets better for both parties, hopefully. You know, the, the next partner that comes along will be a better partner, or we make our own adjustments to better suit the next partner that comes along. It's going back to being that rough gem that needs polishing. So it's progress, but it's not the thing that we would script for ourselves, it's that best and highest good thing, or we're manifesting that perfect this or the ideal this or, you know, that happy this or that. Well, it may not just come at you right away because you're not eligible. I don't want to say eligible. You're not in a position to know the good thing when you see it. You're not in a position uh, where you're polished up enough 
to have uh, the thing that matches that place? Um, how can I say that better? Uh, well, you know, people... nothing, nothing succeeds like success, Ken. And yeah. so when you have a success, that builds that muscle for more success. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about if you're not being polished up. You know, get a little success at doing this work and then a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And mm -hmm. so you see your progress from where you were then to where you are now. Yeah. And you realize that, you know, you have a lot of abilities and you can call on that to you know, fulfill your dreams and fulfill your desires. You don't have to be stuck where you are with the same old thinking and the same old movies in your head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you're manifesting something better, it, it, it may not be, it often isn't exactly what you uh, manifest to be. The best thing to do in manifesting is, well, if you ask a Buddhist, a Buddhist sex, what, what is your desire? And they would say happiness. Well, that covers a lot of bases, but uh, and I'm, I'm a good old American, so this, 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 this very long list of things. <laughs> Should I just settle for happiness? Yeah, but I don't want to. <laughs> so, I'll say I want to live comfortably and not have financial concerns, and I have perfect health, and on and on and on. And wonderful relationship, that kind of thing. Um, but to get there, it, it, it's just not a linear process in most cases. But it is the result. You, when you arrive, you go, oh, you know, this is good. I like this. I like this. Uh, and, and then it may change again, and it gets better again. Oh, I wouldn't have thought of this. I, yeah, that other thing was really great, but this is even better. You, you just keep manifesting better, better, better. But uh, I want to come around to something that I, I often ask people. If you have everything you desire, then what would you do? Somebody will say, well, you know, if you have all this money you want, whatever it is. Well, I want to travel. Okay, well, all right, so you've had 11 international trips in 11 years, and you just want to throw up with being in an airport again for a while. So, so now what? Well, I'd like to uh, have a home on the ocean. All right, well, you've got three homes on the ocean, if you like, three different continents, and, 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 and so you've done that, and then what? And, and and some people get to this first. Some people get to this in a roundabout way. They say, well, I'd like to help people. Well, there you go. There you go. So you, you make yourself a good nest and then be of service. I think that's what we're here to do, really. That's why the two of you have this show. And thank you for that. That seems to be the ultimate goal of this manifesting game, I would say. To be in a position where you can be of help with others. You don't have to be rich to do that. You don't have to be healthy to do that. The dying people are sometimes the great example. People that are terminal, people that are on their, uh, you know, have catastrophe in their lives. They, they lose their country. They're in refugee camps. Um, there are all these lessons and, and these people who just stand out. They're just common people, but what they do just stands out to us because of their ability to do service, even in the worst of times. And I hear talk more and more. I can remember this at least 20 years ago, and it's as true now as it was then. People at the end of their lives don't talk about the things that they did nearly as much as the things they didn't do and wish they had. That becomes the source of great regret. 
I also look at it in terms of risk management because there are a lot of things that people can wish that they had done. But the thing that gets me, and you don't know until you do it, you don't know if you don't go is my shorthand for that, mm -hmm. Ken. And that is that there are some things that are the product of calculated risk. If you get into the stock market, it's a kind of casino. So is going to a casino. By definition, it's risky. There are things that we want to do. I think we have to know ourselves pretty well before we engage in any kind of behavior that carries some measure of risk and decide, much like going to Las Vegas, for example, you need to know in advance how much you are willing to lose. Because bottom line for me is, yes, there's winning. Yes, there's manifesting. God bless those principles of the universe. But there's also a lot of losing in life. And I think we need to keep things in our minds held in balance. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes losses are big gains. Sometimes losses are just losses. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, this is just an interesting thing we've been put into as soul, into this construct. And, and we have uh, the ability to make changes in this construct. And nonetheless, uh, it, it, it is a place of great joy and great pain. And, and we uh, advance or, or fail or just tread water, but it, it, it's a marvelous place for opportunity. And it is filled with love and it is filled with fear. And we get to make choices and, and go forward accordingly. Um, you know, my thing is uh, uh, I'm very much about you know good health and doing what I'm here to do. Those are priorities for me. And... So you get up in the morning and you have your list to run, whatever that is, and, and then rest. Take care of yourself. Uh, so you, you better, if you're taking care of yourself, you're better to take care of the other guy. If you're sick, you can't you can't help somebody else. It's much more difficult. So and it's more fun not to be sick or, or not to be in a position emotionally or uh, where you know, you're troubled by it and it holds you back. Um, Ken, would you do everybody a favor and give your contacts again, especially your website, so people can get up close and personal and with you? And maybe your art website as well. Okay. The manifesting is www.manifesting123.com. And my art website is Ken Elliott, E-L-L-I-O-T-T.com. Very good. And the book, once again, if you don't have a copy, I advise you to acquire one. It has the capacity to change your life in very positive ways. Suzanne and I found that out the easy way by manifesting one, two, three, and you don't need number three. Ken Elliott, thanks so much, my friend, for joining us again. Can't wait to do it again. Let's do. Let's do. Thank you both so very much for all you do for all of us. Have a great weekend, Ken. And stay tuned. Next up is the Christine Upchurch Show, followed by the Susan Harmon Experience and American Road Trip Talk with host Gary Mance. Our guest on Trip Talk, Erica Nelson, who will take us to the wilds of Wisconsin. It's going to be something to listen to as you stay tuned to AM 1150, the home of Alternative Talk in Seattle. Have a great weekend, everyone. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.